Hi. Thank you for listening to this message brought to you by First Baptist Church. Here at FBC, it's our mission to lead people into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ, and we hope that this message helps you continue to grow in your faith. This audio is property of First Baptist Church, but feel free to give away copies of this message in the hopes that others will be impacted by what they hear. For more information about FBC, or if you want to stay connected with us, visit our website at fbclloyd.ca or look us up on Facebook and Instagram. Thanks, and enjoy the latest from FBC. Morning, everyone. Happy New Year. I haven't had a chance to say that to you yet. I, uh, I'm not exactly crazy about the way that it's coming in weather-wise, but I have to say I'm happy that we had such a great summer last year, that, and that's still sticking with me. I can uh, remember that, and that's helping me to get through this cold, and hopefully this week we're going to warm up a little bit. Um, it was really cool to have Gord launch us off into 2022 last week talking about the fact that while we don't know who holds the future, or what the future holds, we do know who holds the future. And um, that is timely advice, timely um, insight for us as we launch into this new year. So if you didn't see that, I would encourage you to go back and t- check that out. And um, that will be an encouragement to you, I'm sure. This morning, we're going to launch a new series, which if you're here and have a bulletin you'll have seen, uh, is entitled Potential. And if you're online and haven't checked out our bulletin, our online bulletin, well then, I'm letting you know right now, it's called Potential. And as you've seen right from the video, uh, you can probably understand or deduce that it's going to be about the Holy Spirit, that over the next three weeks, we're going to be looking at the Holy Spirit and the potential that he has. We've subtitled this series, Unfathomable and unfettered and uninhibited, just I think so that everybody could see me stumble over the words. Not quite. Um, Unfathomable, unfettered, and uninhibited, uninhibited, because so often when it comes to the Holy Spirit, we we sell him short. We just don't give him his due, and we struggle in some respects to do that even, as we can't wrap our heads around the idea of God dwelling in us by His Spirit, that just confounds us a little bit. Or we think that somehow our past limits us and the the Holy Spirit in us, and or that our fears inhibit Him working through us. So those things being the case, that as we come to the Holy Spirit and He's unfathomable, that we think that we can fetter him or that we can inhibit him, then we sell him short and we miss out therein on the potential that he brings for you and I as we place our faith in Christ and as we trust Jesus for our salvation and our future. So as we miss out on the Holy Spirit, then we miss out on his ability to work in us and through us And also then the ancillary benefits that come to us as we allow that to happen to us, as we allow him into our world, into our lives, and to change us and and to grow us, to develop us, and to lead us into the future and the things that he has for us to do. 
Therefore, over the next three weeks, we're going to try and, if you will, unpack that a little bit to understand better the, the potential that the Holy Spirit has for us. And then to encourage each of us to, to dive into that and grow in that. So, in, in the words of Arnold Schwarzenegger's cousins, Hans and Franz, we're going to try and pump you up for 2022. And if you aren't familiar with that, then I would encourage you just Google Hans and Franz SNL and uh, check them out. So, I am, I am not uh, uh, good at, at rah-rah. Um, so, but I'm going to give this my best shot. And, and, and we don't want to pump you up falsely or somehow, you know, artificially. That's not our intention here. What we want to do is we want to dive into the Holy Spirit legitimately and look at His significance for each one of us. And then, hopefully, for us to grow then in our capacity to allow Him to work in us and through us. So let's pray and ask exactly that this morning, that the Spirit would come and that He would work in us, that He would develop us, that He'd help us to discover Him in new ways today. Let's pray. Father, today again, we are thankful for this opportunity to be here. And Holy Spirit, we are thankful that you are here with us this morning. And so I would pray that you would work in our hearts and in our minds. Lord, that where we are unable to fathom you, that you would help us to see you better today, that we would be able to, to get a better glimpse. And Lord, that you would then lead us and that you would guide us Holy Spirit, that you, would, that you would change us. That as we see you, as we glimpse you, as we even just trust and step out with you, that you would catch us then and that you would carry us into a new level of maturity and understanding of you. And Lord, that as we do that, that we would be changed. That we would realize your reality that we would realize the benefits that come from knowing you and having you as part of our world and that we would then be encouraged to pursue you even further in what you have for us. So we ask these things now in Christ's name and for his sake alone. Amen. All right, so as indicated, this morning we're going to try and delve into the unfathomable potential that we have in the Holy Spirit. But right here, right off the hop, we find maybe the first thing that inhibits us or that holds us back from doing that in the fact that it's, he's unfathomable. The potential that we have of God, Almighty God, actually living within us is unfathomable. We can't begin to wrap our minds around us. And I think at some points then that just precludes us from pushing further into it because we just kind of go, uh, have difficulty understanding or comprehending the potential that we have in Him. We tend to focus, I think, for some reason, more on Jesus and on God the Father. 
Because maybe, dare I say, that we find that somehow easier to understand, as if that's easier to understand. But we can, we can sort of see Jesus, if you will, in his life here on earth. We see him as a man. We see him having work. We see what he's done. We see that. We understand that behind him is the Father, that this is all the Father's plan, that he's been pulling this off and putting it in place ever since before the beginning of time. And, and so we kind of understand where they fit in, but then we come to the Holy Spirit and we're just kind of a little bit lost. And I think that this is exacerbated a little bit because in the church today, we don't tend to spend a lot of time on the Holy Spirit. And we've talked about this before and you've seen it in other places. Francis Chan has written books about it, Forgotten God and, and different things like that. And maybe we're starting to unpack this a little bit more. Maybe we're starting to delve into it a little bit more and I trust that, that that's the case. But whatever the reason is, whether it's because we don't delve into it or we, because we, we have trouble and we, we don't understand it, for whatever reason, we have just sort of dismissed, if you will, the Holy Spirit. We've kind of left Him largely behind on the back burner and we're missing out on everything that He brings to the table and the, and the, the perspective that we should have through Him and in Him. So this morning, as best as I can, in the next few minutes, I'm going to try and unpack the potential of the Holy Spirit. So hopefully that we can catch a glimpse then of that potential in a new way and that we can then dive into that and we can lean into that as we go into the rest of this year. That this wouldn't be a year that we, where we sit back, but rather where we engage directly with the Holy Spirit and all that then He has for us. So, if you will... Turn with me to John 14, like we saw in the video. John 14, and we're going to actually look at a relatively long uh, section of Scripture here, the first 17 verses, where we've, we see Jesus talking. And, and, and for those of you that aren't familiar, this is an, a, a portion of Scripture that occurs just before Jesus is about to be crucified. And for those of you that remember this, you'll, you'll recall that this is the night before he's going to his crucifixion. He's in the upper room with his disciples and he's gathered them and he's speaking into their lives these really important things, these last things that Jesus wants them to know. He wants us to know today through them. So that's kind of the background here. And it starts off like this. John chapter 14 verses 1 to 17. Jesus says to them, do not let your hearts be troubled. He's told them that he's going, that he's going to die, that he's leaving. And so obviously they're upset. Do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God. Believe also in me. My Father's house has many rooms. If that were not so, would I have told you that I'm going there to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me, that you also may be where I am. You know the way to the, to the place where I am going. And Thomas said to him, Lord, we don't know where you are going, so how can we know the way? Jesus answered, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you really know me, you will know my Father as well. From now on, you do, you do know him and have seen him. Philip said, Lord, Show us the Father, and that will be enough for us. Jesus answered, Don't you know me, Philip? 
even after I have been among you such a long time? Anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Don't you believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The words I say to you, I do not speak on my own authority. Rather, it is the Father living in me who is doing His work. Believe me when I say that I am in the Father and the Father is in me. Or at least believe on the evidence of the works themselves. Very truly, I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing and they will do even greater things than these because I am going to the Father. And I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. You may ask me for anything in my name and I will do it. If you love me, keep my commands. And I will ask the Father and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever. The Spirit of Truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him for he lives with you and will be in you. All right, so that's a long chunk of Scripture. And I'd encourage you today to go back and actually even read beyond that. Go through the whole chapter of, of John 14. Because even beyond this, then he delve, Jesus delves into it a little bit deeper and a little bit more in different, some different ways. So I'd encourage you, go back and take a look at that. We're not going to get even a chance to look at all of this this morning. But I want us to go back to verse 12. And we're going to focus on that verse to begin with here. It says there, very truly, Jesus says to his disciples, he says to us today, you and I as well today, whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing and they will do even greater things than these because I am going to the Father. Now I think that as we begin to get a handle on this verse, then we begin to understand better the significance and scope of the Holy Spirit. But the problem is that when we come to this verse, I think we tend to flounder a little bit. That we read this verse and immediately we kind of come into a little bit of a conundrum. Like, I don't know how do I deal with this verse. What does this mean exactly? And so we stumble. Or, or so then we kind of just skip through it. So this morning, we have to take a look at this and try and wrestle with that a little bit and come to grips with it. How, how can it be that Jesus says that I am going to do even greater works than He's done? Like, He walked on water. He calmed the storm. I, I've never done that. What's more, like, I mean, He raised Lazarus from the dead. Like, I mean, I haven't even turned water into wine yet. And I know some of us have been trying. I haven't, but there's no way that I've been able to raise somebody from the dead. So how is it that Jesus looks at his disciples, looks at you and I today and says, you're going to do even greater, than the, greater works than what I have done? So we just kind of sail past that and kind of go like, Woo, let's keep going. Right? Or what we do is we come to that verse and what we, what we try and accomplish then is we try and put it into a perspective that I can't understand. So we try and rationalize it somehow. Oh, okay. So what I think what Jesus must be saying here is, well, 
you guys are all going to do greater works than I've done. You're going to lead more people to believe in me than I've even been able to do. All of you combined are going to be able to do more than I've been able to do. And we kind of say, okay, well, that kind of sort of makes sense. If we, if we think about it in that terms, all of us together, while well, we've done maybe greater things then than Jesus did because we've done more volume, if you will. So we come to this and... and we struggle and we miss the fact. But really, what Jesus is saying here is that you guys are going to do greater works in all, of, in all the ways that I've been at work. So when you consider all the things that I've done, you're going to do something greater yet than all of this. And we can't just dismiss it away as making it simple by making it simple. What we need to be focused on here as we come to this verse is that Jesus says that we're going to do greater works than he has done because he is going back to the Father. So it hinges on him going back to the Father. And what he is pointing to in that then is that he's just told them, he's just told the disciples that he is going to die. And so as he refers to the fact that he's going to be going back to the Father, I'm going to go back to the Father, he is pointing to the apex of his ministry. That coming up right away, right away, right around the corner, in the next number of hours, that he is going to be crucified. And he's going to die. And that then three days later, he is going to rise again. Which is to say that he is going to be vindicated by God. That he's going to be verified by God as being God. And that all of what he has said is going to be established as true. That the truth is going to be established because I am going to die and I'm going to rise again and then I'm going to be exalted, brought back into the presence of the Father himself. And so... He's pointing to this fact that what's going to happen right around the corner is going to establish his credibility beyond a shadow of a doubt. He will be verified as Jesus God come to earth and having then accomplished his primary objective, which is our salvation through his death and resurrection. The ultimate point of his ministry And as that happens then, and as he goes back to the Father, that the power of the Holy Spirit is going to be released. The power over death and sin is going to be accomplished and come to bear for us. To this point, to this point, Everything that God has done, even the works of Christ, everything that Jesus has done, if you will, has pointed to what is coming. To what is about to happen. But from this point on, now everything that we do is going to point back to what has been done. And therein it is greater Our works are greater because they have the full bearing of Christ's work in play. 
picture, if you, I'm, I'm horrible at analogies, but picture, if you will, that we lived in the time of Orville and Wilbur Wright, okay? And that you were a buddy of Orville and Wilbur's, and that as they started to build an, the first airplane, that you were in on it, okay? And so somebody comes along, and, and they said, hey, what are these guys doing? And you'd been hanging out with them. You'd been in the shop with them, and you, were, you saw what was going on, and so on and so forth. And, and you say to this person, you say, well, they're building an airplane. And they say, well, what's an airplane? Well, it's got an engine, and it's got wings, and the wings are big, and you can sit in it, and it's going to fly. It's going to take you up into the air. And you'll be able to fly around. And, and soon, and soon, one day down the road, you're going to be able to fly over the ocean Fly from country to country, town to town, all over the place. Quick, really quick. Way faster than you can even drive. What's a car? Oh, I don't know. Maybe there were cars then. Anyways, but you testify to what is about to happen. They're building an airplane. And the person looking, looks at you and kind of says, an airplane, right? You know, okay, sure. You're going you're to sit in it and you're going to be up in the air. And we're going to ride it across the ocean. Uh-huh. Right? But now picture, if you will, your testimony after the fact, where somebody comes along and says, hey, what are these guys doing? What, did they, what were they building? And you say, well, they were, they were building a plane. And what's, what's, what's a plane? Well, it's, a, it's got an engine, it's got wings, and it flies in the air. And I've seen it fly. What's more, I've flown in it. Which testimony is greater? The testimony about what's going to happen or the testimony about what has happened? The testimony that says that Jesus is coming and he's going to save us from our, our sin or the testimony that is when I say Christ came, died for me and has saved me from my sin and I know that in my heart. I know he lives within me now. As we are able now to testify to the full measure of what God has done, our works are greater because they are complete. We can testify to the whole deal of what Jesus has done. And that's been verified as He's gone back to the Father. So number one, our works are greater than because we have the full testimony of Jesus Christ. But number two, our works are greater because Jesus has gone to the Father and asked that He send us the Holy Spirit to live within us. That Jesus has gone back to the Father so that the Holy Spirit can come, so that God can come Himself and now live within us. Not just even be with us, but live within us which Jesus points to in verses 16 and 17. There he says, And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and to be with you forever, the Spirit of truth. Okay, now a couple of things here as we come to this verse. First of all, for John, as he writes in his book, the Spirit of truth is synonymous with the Holy Spirit. So as he refers to the Spirit of truth, he's talking about the Holy Spirit. So they're one and the same. But we need to go back and look at this word 
advocate to better understand what Jesus is trying to tell us about the Holy Spirit here. Okay, so the original Greek word for advocate, or that's translated here as advocate, is parakletos. Parakletos. Or parakletos. I'm not sure how you'd pronounce it in Greek. Um, but you'll find that in different versions, it's even translated different than advocate. We saw in the, in the video, it's translated as helper. In some of your versions, it might be translated as counselor. Some other versions, it might be translated as comforter. And in, the, in these words, in these translations, Jesus is speaking into our world about who the Holy Spirit is. We need to understand it. And the problem today that we have is as we come to these words, we find that their modern-day connotations are somewhat anemic, if you will. They're kind of sort of a little bit insipid. They're not strong enough for what actually Jesus is trying to communicate as he's speaking to his disciples. They miss the full connotation of what Jesus was intending at the time. And that leads us then, I think, to a really poor understanding of who the Holy Spirit is. It might even perhaps lead to a, a, a misunderstanding of who the Holy Spirit is and what His capacity and potential is. Paracletus was originally understood as meaning or was used in the context of someone's personal attorney. Okay? So not just an attorney that you would go and hire or something like that, but a personal attorney. Someone that was on permanent retainer for you. He was the, the legal, in-house legal counsel. And what that person did was he represented you or your business any of your, anything within your purview, any of your issues or, or matters that pertain to you, he would represent you in that. And in whatever way was necessary. Okay? So today we think of attorneys and we think of prosecutors and we think of defenders and, and different things like this. Well, this is one-stop shopping. This was your personal attorney that covered you in every and any way necessary. So they would defend you, the Paracletus would defend you against anyone that was trying to attack you. He would prepare you for whatever was necessary, for whatever that you needed going forward in accomplishing then the advancement of your aims and objectives. And he would go and actually prepare what was necessary for you, go ahead of you and prepare for that Objective, whatever that might be. So you wanted to am amalgamate another business, or you want to, well, I don't know if they did that back then. But you know, you know what I mean. So he would defend you against anyone that was going to attack you. He would prepare you. He would equip you. He would qualify, you know, uh, train you, if you will, so that you would be up to speed on whatever it is that you were going to do. And then he would go also ahead of you and prepare the paperwork, whatever necessary, for whatever objective that you had. Okay? So, in this respect then, this was a huge advantage. 
This was a, a significant power or presence that you had at your disposal. So we do better, I think, this morning to understand the Holy Spirit as the personal attorney of God, if you will. That as we place our faith in Christ, as we come into the family of God then, that He gives to us and makes to, uh, lends to us for our disposal. Gives to us for our disposal. Makes Him available at our disposal. So the Holy Spirit comes to you and I, becomes our in-house, literally in-house, legal counsel. Our personal attorney to defend us when we're attacked. To prepare us for whatever lies ahead. And then to go before us to facilitate, to facilitate the advancement of our spiritual cause. Which is to say then, our works for Christ. In this then, in that, with that in view, I think then we better understand Acts chapter 1 verse 8 where, he, where it says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. This wasn't some sort of just a minor deal, some little accoutrement, a little present for having accepted Christ into your life. Now this is, this is the Holy Spirit that comes to seal your salvation and then comes alongside you to defend you, to prepare you, and to facilitate then the works that God has decided and predestined for you to do for Him today. Now, I thought, this is serious stuff. This isn't inconsequential in any way, shape, or form. And we miss that this, this morning. We miss that today because we don't know this Holy Spirit. R.C. Sproul says that we have misunderstood the role of the Holy Spirit and, and, and consequently the church. We see it more as a hospital where the Holy Spirit comes along to comfort us because we've been hurt. Where, we, where He comes along to, to, to help us because we've been beat up. And he tries to kind of get us through, survive our challenges. When in fact we should be understanding that the Holy Spirit comes not just to sort of get us through, help us survive, but rather that he arrives so that we can prevail. So that we can be successful in our spiritual cause. Therefore, you and I then are like an army. The church becomes like an army. Not an army out conquering and just running roughshod willy-nilly over the world. But as a redeeming force, if you will. Going to release the hostages of this world who are chained by Satan in the, compound, in the prison of sin. So the Holy Spirit arrives to empower us to go out there and get this job done so that we will be successful, not so that we can just survive it. And we've got to wrap our heads around this a little bit differently. And as we do, then that changes the way that we live. 
that changes the way that we proceed into the future and into the matters at hand. So let's push forward a little bit further. Let's push into this a little bit more and and, and look specifically at what power the Holy Spirit brings for you and I today. Number one, he brings to us power in our weakness. So it's true. In this world, in this life, we're going to have some challenges. We are going to get beat up. We are going to be hurt. There's no doubt about it. And the Holy Spirit comes along to help us in those times. He, he arrives. He, he, at that point, he doesn't sit back and say, Hey, dude, like, Doug, you're on your own, buddy. Like, this is your problem. Suck it up. No way. He comes alongside of us. And when I stumble, when I fall, he comes alongside to help us get back up and into the game. He's not going to just leave you there. He comes alongside to help you. The challenges that you're facing today, are you facing them with, with the Spirit, with the Holy Spirit? Are you going to him? Because he wants to help you in those things. When you're hurt, are you going to God and saying, God, this is where I'm at. I need your help. Holy Spirit, work within me. Help to change my perspective. Help me to see this differently. Or are you trying to just do it on your own? Are you trying to suck it up and get through? Are you just trying to survive today? God has something much more for us in store than that. He wants us to prevail. We are here to accomplish His works. Greater works than He did Himself. For the sake of the gospel. For the sake of those that don't know him yet. What's more? How are we doing for time? Oh, we've got to fly. What's more? The Holy Spirit brings us power then to speak the word of God. To speak the word of God. Acts, did I, did I read that verse? Wait a second. Power in our weakness. Did I say that? Did I give you that verse? Okay, good show. I'm getting excited here. I'm losing my place. Secondly then, power to speak the word of God. Acts 4, verse 31. It says there, After they had prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. Okay, again, church family, like you and I, we say oftentimes, I, I, I'm there, I'm right there with you. Now I've got to remember this verse. We, we don't think that we can speak for God. We don't think that we're equipped. We don't think that we've got the capacity to speak for God today, right? And so we don't say anything, right? Because it's where we're at so often. Then the Holy Spirit comes along, and as we pray, as we get into this, even as if it's a short prayer, Lord, help me in this situation. Help me know what to say for you now. Then he comes upon us, and he will help us to speak for God. So we can't sit back. We can't sit back and say, I don't know what to say. I don't know what to do in this situation. We've got we to gotta step out and say, yeah, but, and pray, and then wait for the Spirit to give us something to say so that we can speak into people's lives, so that we can speak for God today because that's why the Holy Spirit's here. He's going to help us. And that's not, that doesn't mean that he's going to make us D.L. Moody. Well, D.L. Moody wasn't supposed to be such a great preacher, actually, but like it, He's not going to make us some great orator right overnight, what have you. Not saying that this morning. But as we do launch out, as we do step out, and as we pray and ask for the Spirit's help, He will give us the words to say. 
that we can be effective again for the cause of Christ, that we can speak into people's lives. Now listen, Bruce introduced to us last week a sign, that sign, maybe you saw it this morning now, it's hanging up in the foyer, it's John 14.6, so it says 14.6 on it, that's what it's about, John 14.6, I am the way, the truth, and the life, no man cometh unto the Father but by me. Church family, it is our job now to go out and speak for Christ so that we can light up light bulbs in that sign. We're trusting God. We're praying. We've started praying back in the fall as a staff. We're asking you to pray now with us that we will find 22 people that don't know Christ yet, that we can light up light bulbs and say there's 22 people more this year that know Christ than didn't last year, than did last year. By the Holy Spirit, then we could get that done. And I pray that that's even too small a goal. But we're going to go on record and say we're going to try and light up 22 bulbs. And now the point is this. The point is this, is that I can't do that. Bruce can't do that. Kelsey can't do that. Kenton can't do that. Gord can't do that. We can't do that on our own. So we put you on record, on notice, you're welcome. Didn't say anything. Nobody said thank you. We need your help in that. We've all got to be doing this. We've all got to go out there and speak for Jesus Christ because there are people that don't know Him yet. And by the Holy Spirit, then we'll get that job done. We will prevail in that as He enables us, as He empowers us, as He provides for us. Because he brings that to the table for us. You and I can't save anybody, but he can as we allow him to use us to do that. Number three, Holy Spirit brings us the power to witness for God. Acts 1.8b. This is further to this whole point. And to underline it, Acts 1.8b says, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in in." all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. If you didn't think for God, if you didn't think that you could speak for God, you got to know that you can because right there we're told that He is making us His witnesses. That this is His plan, His design. That as we place our faith in Jesus Christ, as we come to know Him, as the Holy Spirit comes to take up residence in us, now we have become His witnesses. It's on you and me with the Holy Spirit to go out there and witness for Him. Don't ever question it. Don't ever doubt it. Don't even worry about it. Dive into it and watch God empower you to get the job done. You'll be amazed. Listen, trust me. I am talking to you from experience. Who am I to be up here talking to you today other than God helping me? Well, I've got people come in and sit in my office and I literally, I literally, they're talking and I'm nodding and I'm trying to listen to them as I pray, Lord, please give me some wisdom because I have no idea what to say right now. And it's crazy how sometimes you can say something, you're just trying to launch in and he gives you something to say and they come back to it and, and then they say, that, that's, that's crazy, that just helps me so much. You know, people come up to me after I speak, not because I've been speaking, but because God's been speaking and they say, you are talking to me today. And I'm going, I don't even know your name. How was I talking to you? But by the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit, God has made us his witnesses. 
We got to get out and do it. And we can. We can. What's more? Point, whatever we're on, four. The Holy Spirit brings the power to know and understand God and His will. Okay? Again, you and I, we sit back so oftentimes and we think to ourselves, I don't know enough. I just don't know enough. And that's where it ends, with us thinking that. We've got to ask the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit will help us. It will give us the power to know God, to understand Him, and to do His will. Understand and know, do His will. I'm not kidding. Ephesians 1, verse 17 says this, I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, this is Paul praying for us, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know Him better. You are not handicapped today in your knowledge of God. Just ask for the Holy Spirit to help you. Now, John 14, verse 26. But the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. John 16, verse 13. But when He, the Spirit of truth, comes, He will guide you into all the truth. He will not speak on His own. He will speak only what He hears. And He will tell you what is yet to come. Church family, friends. The Holy Spirit comes with power so that we can know God, so that we can understand Him, and so that we can step out in faith with Him and accomplish the good works that He's ordained for us to do today. You are loaded for bear. Trust me. Don't trust me. Trust Him. Number five, the power, he brings us the power of life. I should probably start with this, but I think I wanted to close with it because it's so cool. The Holy Spirit brings us the power of life. Romans 8, verse 11. And if the Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, He, will, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies because of His Spirit who lives in you. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. We have nothing to fear. Nothing to fear. What can they take from us? What can they take from us? Because even our lives are guaranteed. This, this, this physical body isn't it. This isn't all about this. The Holy Spirit comes and He gives us life. So that even if our lives were taken of us, that we have life still in Him. At the end of the day, that's the biggest ace up our sleeve that we've got. That we've got nothing to fear because we have life through Christ. Because the Holy Spirit lives within us and has guaranteed that for us. So we can go with abandon, go hard pursue the works that God has called for us to do today. He has put you where He's put you because He's designed you to fit the works that He's asked of you to do in the circumstances and the circles that you're in. I've said it before, but it is so true. You are there for a reason. You are there for a purpose. And you are there equipped by God Himself to get it done.
So church family, as we launch into 2022, this year, let's not let this year define us. Let's go out and define this year for God. That this year would be a year where by the Holy Spirit we make an impact for Him and we do greater things. All for the sake of Christ. Let's pray. Father, and now, I pray that as you speak to people in our hearts, Lord, that we would believe, that we would step out, that we would go, that we would lean into your spirit, that we would understand better his capacity, his power, our potential through him, and that we would go after it. God, that, we would, you, that you would just embolden us to live for you, to make an impact for you in the world around us, all for the sake of Christ. And I pray this now in his name. Amen. All right. If I didn't succeed in pumping you up, we're going to try a different way. It's Donut Sunday. So have a good week. We'll talk to you next Sunday.